Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and today I'll be talking with Michael Leachman, Senior Director of State Fiscal Research for the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, a national and sort of left-leaning think tank, which has been looking most recently at school capital funding projects and money that's being spent there. We have heard about this a lot when we've had school districts like Hillsborough County, which had to go to voters to get money to help pay for new air conditioning across the district. We've seen the battle in Duval County over whether and if the county government will allow the school district to hold a referendum for needed capital project. The center has done some research and found that Florida is one of the leading states when it comes to not spending a lot of money on capital projects for schools. So we're going to talk now about why that is and what can possibly be done to fix it. Let's go right into our interview. So Dr. Leachman, I want to thank you very much for taking some time to talk with me on our podcast. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. You have done a lot of work, it looks like, on the amount of money that's being spent on capital projects in schools. And it looks like Florida is a an outlier on your page there. And I, I want to know a little bit about what you found. First, just tell us what exactly you found. Sure. So we tracked school capital spending. That's spending on building new facilities, renovating school buildings, and also major equipment, uh, computers, and the like. And, um, and heating systems, cooling systems, stuff like that. And uh, we found uh, a really disturbing drop in the in capital spending uh, for states across the country. Nationally, uh, capital spending, school capital spending is down 31 percent um, uh, compared to 2008 when the Great Recession took hold. That's nationally um, as a share of the economy. Is that including? Uh, is that including for um, the price of living and all that too, or, or does it just? Is that just sheer numbers? Um, you see something similar if you adjust for inflation. What we're doing here is a, is adjusting for the share of the economy. So it's sort of similar in that the economy um, is sort of a reflection on our ability to pay for things. Um, you know how much how much we're generating in output in the economy ref- as a is a one measure of our ability to um, to be able to afford uh, public goods like schools and stuff like that. So that's the adjustment that we're making here. It's it's like I say that it would be similar if we and I've run those numbers, so I know for sure it's a similar story if you adjust adjust the overall spending for inflation. Uh, so the so the yeah, I mean nationally we see a, a sizable cut since over the last decade or so since the re- last recession hit, and then as you mentioned, Florida uh, has cut particularly deeply. Uh, it's Florida is tied with Arizona for the deepest cuts in capital spending 
uh, as a share of the state economy uh, over that time period. Both states have cut capital spending by school capital spending by 71% as a share of the economy. It's a pretty amazing, pretty extraordinary decline. Now, does that include just state funds or do you look also at, say, local school district funds as well? Yeah, these are so we're looking here at um, at state and and local capital spending for schools. Um, so combining those those two parts, and you probably know that states and localities combined um, uh, 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 account for the vast majority of of uh, of of school funding. The federal government only plays a a, a relatively modest role about. 10% of overall school funding. Right, yeah. right. The one thing, though, is that we've found that as the state has not given as much money to schools, that local school districts have begun asking their voters to approve taxes, sales taxes, that can help um, pay for these kinds of projects, where whether they're air conditioning projects, new roofs or new schools or whatever. And so I didn't know if that had been accounted for within the total that you had been looking at. And I, I wonder if you're seeing that those local school tax rates are are helping, or if it's just like making it so that it's even not even worse than that seventy one percent. Yeah, that's a good question. We can't break that specifically out in the in the census data that we're using. They just don't break out capital spending for that states do as opposed to local governments. It's what the measurement is, is school districts. It's the, the school funding. Um, you know, what the schools are, 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 um, are, are paying for. Um, but I can say that if you look more broadly at school funding nationally, uh, that there has been a shift, uh, from over the last decade, from states to localities with states cutting their funding and localities increasing their funding. And so that's uh, a big concern for us um, because local government funding tends to be, for one, one reason to be concerned about that is that local government funding tends to be more unequal because property wealth uh, and is, is unequal across neighborhoods. And property taxes are the primary source of local government funding for schools. So when you shift from states to local governments, you tend to get more unequal funding. Um, but so at that level, um, we have we have seen local governments picking up more of the of the load of paying for for schools over the last over the last decade or so. Now, what about charter schools and how they fit in? Because I know that. They don't face all of the same requirements for when they are built. And they are, at least in Florida, getting a larger share of the state funding than the district schools are getting lately for capital projects because the state says that they don't have the same kind of ability to tax that the local school districts do for the capital projects. Uh, How do charter schools fit into this overarching picture? Yeah, that's a that's an important question, not one that we've looked at, unfortunately, uh, at this point. So, um, appreciate you asking, but, uh, but it's not something that we've really, uh, that we've really dug into. And the data that we're using 
um, doesn't really allow us to answer that question very effectively, unfortunately. Is there a way that we will ever be able to figure out the the comparison points? Uh, or are there questions that you're asking about that right now that you'll be looking at in, in the future? Well, it's something that I'm interested in and, and is an important question, especially in states like Florida, where um, charter schools have grown as a share of um, of, of all of all schools. Um, you know, I think it's important for states to be gathering data that allows them to evaluate uh, these kinds of trends, and it would help researchers like us to, um, to to better understand these important questions as well. So now that we know that the money is not necessarily coming in as much, even in comparison to when the economy was very bad, how how should we be thinking about this? What should we be doing to change it or do, or do we need to change it is it is it okay the way that it is let me uh, that's a really important question and uh that let me just uh, let me just say something first which is that um the baseline here is 2008 so um it was right when the recession was was just getting underway and uh and it, and it really represents the peak of the last business cycle. So, um, so if you look a little bit further back in time, capital spending had been a little bit lower before, as the, uh, before the downturn hit. And it, it rose, especially in a state like Florida, states like Florida, where before the last recession, there was a big housing boom and, um, and revenues grew. There was a need for school capital expenditures, building new schools and such, uh, people moving in and, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, but even, and so there, so we are, you know, part of what happened here is that the housing bubble burst and Florida's economy was hurt by that and school capital construction declined as a result. But that's not the only thing that's going on because if you look further back in time, even uh, back to the late 90s, the sort of trend uh, in those earlier years was still for Florida to be spending about double uh, what it's spending uh, as of the latest data um, as a share of its economy. So um, spending did come down in part because the housing bubble burst and uh, and so housing construction and the need for more schools declined. But it was, but it went, the decline has been much deeper than that. And it's still way down, uh, even 10 years after the housing bubble burst. Um, so that's the, that's the, the issue here. And, um, and we're talking about really extraordinary cuts. As I said, 71% cut as a share of the economy, uh, is really extraordinary and goes much deeper than just the housing bubble bursting. So yeah, this is, and then to address your, your, your main question, this is really important. You know, we know that, uh, neglecting the, your uh, school facilities, uh, and the, both the buildings, the, the, the structures themselves, and the heating and cooling systems and, and these sorts of things, the, uh, the technology that's available in schools, that when funding for those things declines, and so the quality of those systems erode, that it affects student achievement. 
um, kids who go to school with poor lighting and bad air quality and noise and such, extreme temperatures, um, that, that impedes their learning. And uh, we've seen it in, um, you know, Baltimore last year had to close uh, some of its schools because, uh, because kids were uh, because it was it was so cold, the heating systems weren't working. Um, we've seen this in other places where schools have had to close due to lack of air conditioning. Um, and and this is particularly it's that's bad enough, but it's especially important because a higher percentage of public schools in poor areas um, uh, are affected by inadequate facilities and equipment. And 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 these are the kids who need our our support and investments the most. Um, and, and, and if we focus on helping those kids, then we're all going to benefit because we're going to have a more robust and productive economy. And uh, and so these kinds of deep cuts in states abilities to schools ability to have high quality facilities um, that are well heated and cooled and that have the kind of technology that student, that helps students to learn. Uh, it, it's, that's just really important for our future, for these kids' lives and for all of us. How much did the older schools get neglected because people were build, building new schools in, in newer areas that were growing? Hmm. Well, that's that's an interesting question. You know, I think that um, uh, partly what happens here is that some of uh, nationally uh, um, uh, about roughly 90 percent, a little more than that, comes from state and local governments. Right. About half of that huge chunk of school funding comes from local governments and the other half comes from states. Local government funding is really unequal because from area to area within a, uh, within a city or, or, uh, within a state, you know, within juris, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, the property wealth really varies. And because schools are getting most of their money, local government money from property taxes, the fact that that property wealth is so, is so diff, disparate means that you get these huge inequalities in the ability of local of of neighborhoods and and local towns to finance their schools, so when and and so areas that are and that ha- also happens when you see areas that are growing rapidly, you see an influx of people and uh, and an increase in revenue that's available for them, and uh, and sometimes that's happening at the expense of uh, other neighborhoods that are where dis that are where disinvestment is happening. So you can see that kind of disparity uh, open up or, you know, get worse. Um, that's where states are really important because state state funding can help to equalize those inequities and make sure that all kids get the resources that they, you know, they, their schools get have the resources that they need to provide a good learning environment. And uh, and so. Uh, you know, states do a, some states do relatively well with that and other states don't do very well and, uh, and really fail miserably to make up for the inequalities at the local level. Is there a solution other than 
more taxes? Well, you know, look, let's 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 uh, when I look back at the at, when I look at these data uh, over, you know, what's happened over the last 10 years nationally uh, for school capital spending, both nationally and in Florida, you know, part of the story here is that some states, including Florida, really have in the aftermath of the Great Recession, uh, a very damaging recession in the aftermath of that recession, when when there when revenues were already going down because of the because of the economic downturn, um, these states cut their revenue further. They cut taxes. And this happened in Florida uh, in a variety of ways. So there is you you already had a deep hole because of the recession and then you're sort of digging deeper and it just made it more more difficult for schools to be able to recover from the recession and provide the kind of environment that students need to learn um, so that's part of the lesson here is if you look at how you got into this place where uh, you know, the money that you have for your school, for your school, uh, buildings and facilities, uh, and equipment is so much lower than it used to be. Part of the reason is policy decisions that really reduce the revenue that's available. So, you know, when we talk about tax revenue, the, that's part of the story. You have to look at how, how did you get in this place? I mean, the, the, the idea was part, part of the idea, uh, often is, with those kinds of policy decisions that if you cut taxes further, that that'll help grow the economy and uh, and that'll be better. But that doesn't really work out when you look at the experience, experience of states that have tried that. Yeah, you actually do lose the revenue. It doesn't come back in, in, uh, in more economic growth. And, um, and it's also evident in, the, in a, a wide body of research about about the effect of, of these kinds of tax cuts on state economies. So um, if you if you if you want to um, produce the kinds of the kind of you know if you want to produce a thriving economy, you need a really strong school system. You want all your kids to be as productive as possible, to be succeed as much as possible in the classroom, so that they can be productive as adults. And if you're going to do that, then you have to have the revenue in place to help make that happen. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a, an important part of the story. Now, you know, it's not everything, of course, uh, the way that you spend the, the funding with uh, is also important, you want to direct it to uh, productive uses as much as possible. But having having facilities that are of a high quality that are good environments for kids to learn in, is just really important, and that's very clear in the experience of kids uh, and, and and school systems across the country, and uh, and it's really rooted in uh, in the research. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about your findings. I I know Florida is getting ready to have its legislative session soon. Maybe they'll look at these numbers and think again about how they want to spend the resources that they have. 
Well, uh, that would be that would be a good idea. I think that would be to the benefit of uh, of the state's future and uh, and to its kids and and to everybody, uh, both in Florida and the country. Florida is a big state and has an important effect on the national economy. That is the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you would like to participate in the conversation, please go to our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, and you can put your thoughts right below the post where we'll have this podcast. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, www.tampabay.com slash gradebook. And please continue to send your ideas for what you'd like to hear about on this podcast. Send an email, jsolacek at tampabay.com. Put a little comment underneath the reviews where you can get them on Apple Podcasts and other places, Google. And we look forward to um, hearing from you so we can keep on giving you what you want. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks so much for listening.